I hear Baywaters laughing with low sounds by the shore. And that could mean only one thing. Cousin Rick is calling in from Needham, Massachusetts with Rick's Tech Talk. Good morning, Cousin Rick. Good morning, RT. All right. Well, uh, you know, what are you up to there, uh, Cousin Rick? Well, I'm moving and grooving. Oh, really? Uh, kind of like, oh, let's see. All right. Well, uh, are you moving and grooving in a, a 1968 Mustang? <laughs> no, but those are, uh, you know, grooving is from uh, the 60s there. Yes, it is. Although Mustang moves you, Mustang grooves you. I don't know that. I don't know if I want to be grooved. Yeah, that's a little strange, uh, you know. But anyway. It's, it's kind of like excoriated. <laughs> yes, it could be. Yeah. So, uh, yes. Okay, well, uh, do you have a right of the week for us today? Okay, yeah, that was a uh, a cumbersome but uh, notable segue there. Yes, our ride of the week is the Mustang Mach-E, M-A-C-H-E, mm. not M-A-K-I, mm. which is something you eat. But, uh, yeah, the Mustang Mach-E, the all-electric Mustang, it's the premium all-wheel drive version that we have. Okay, the first time we've been uh, had the, the car for a, a few days, so we were able to try this all-electric Mustang. Now, it doesn't really look like a Mustang. It's a different shape. It's more like a, a mid-size SUV, but it has Mustang design cues on it. It's got the triple tail lights that work in a sequence when you put the turn signal on, and it's got a line across the front fascia that alludes to the Mustang grille shape. And it, uh, the sides also bulge in certain areas where the Mustang would bulge. So it, uh, it's not what you would think is a Mustang, but uh, we can call it a Mustang, Okay. And uh, I'll just give you, like, my impressions here. First of all, we'll, we'll go through some of the numbers here. It's in iconic silver metallic paint, okay? And it's got black perforated ActiveX seats that, uh, I don't know what that means, but uh, some of the numbers go, it's got the, uh, oh, the 88-kilowatt-hour extended-range battery. So the range on the vehicle... The one we had was listed for 270 miles. Now, some of the ones, if you uh, go to the dealer, there are options, and depending on whether you have all-wheel drive or rear-wheel drive, you can get well over 300 miles range. But if you don't go for the extended battery, the range is more in the mid-200-mile range. So you uh, pay your money and you takes your choice. But the one we had had... Uh, 96 miles per gallon equivalent city, 84 miles per gallon equivalent highway for an EPA number of 90 miles per gallon equivalent. And as far as safety ratings go, it, uh, the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration has not fully evaluated it, but where they have evaluated it for side crash and rollover, 
it has earned a five-star rating. So that's, uh, that's good to know. Now, when we get the car, I got into it, and I go, oh, no, it's got a full glass roof. And to me, that says, oh, I'm going to have to wear a hat in the summer because I'm going to have the sun in my eyes. Mm. But the roof itself does not go really that far forward. So I think most of the time you wouldn't really have that as an issue. So I could cross that one off. And uh, so then we, we start the vehicle and we're driving it around. And I'm saying, what's that noise? I'm getting a noise. And it's an an artificial engine sound <laughs> that uh, it. it if you uh, want to be weaned slowly off an internal combustion engine, you could have that sound. So, uh, But you're able to turn that off, which I did. I said, I'm going to get the electric car experience. So I shut that off, and also I turned off the one-pedal driving where you don't have to really brake. You let up on the so-called gas pedal or the throttle, and it... It goes into braking, and I don't. To me, that's too harsh. I like the equivalent of of a gas engine, where you, if you let off the accelerator, it'll slow, but it won't slow that aggressively. Mm. So I turn that off, and to find where those were, they, you have this huge touch screen. It's 15 inches diagonal, and once you get used to it, you can find a lot of stuff on it very easily. Plus, it's easy to read because it's so big. And so I'm trying to figure out how to turn that engine sound off. And I go, and it's, I, go, I had to go to the little manual they give you, and it says, look on the vehicle drawer on the, on the uh, touch screen. And I'm saying, I don't see anything that looks like a drawer. And so eventually I found that what they call the drawer is an icon of the car. And so uh, by going through that, I was able mm. to shut that sound and turn off the one uh, one pedal driving, but that uh, the touchscreen is a uh, a nice feature because it's so big and it's more or less intuitive from what once you get uh, used to working with that. Okay, mm-hmm. and then uh, one experience we had, I figured, okay, how much uh, power do we use on going on a trip? And we went on a hundred mile trip. We went to see the grandkids in Rhode Island and came back. And that was 100 miles, and it said that we used up 113 miles of range. Of course, you know, we had the heater on for a little bit and so on. But uh, that's pretty good, uh, a pretty good uh, correlation between uh, mileage and uh, battery usage. Although, uh, because the battery is so big, you really want to have a a level two charger, at least a 240-volt charger to charge it uh, overnight. Because if you don't, uh, if you only have a 110 charger, you can go from like uh, 30% to 100%, but it takes two days to do it. So mm-hmm. you really have to get the, uh, if you commit to a fully electric vehicle, commit to a, a charger uh, for uh you know, for charging more conveniently. Mm-hmm. And some of the other features on the car, we're going through this, it's got active grill shutters, which shut down to lower drag and uh, cool the electrical system. When, once you're on the highway going fa- faster, that you're ramming enough air through that you don't have to have the grill shutters all the way open. Okay, it's got a front trunk, 
that's drainable. In other words, you can throw ice in there and throw uh, all kinds of beverages, adult and otherwise, in there, and then uh, and then uh, pull the plug and drain it after all the ice melts. Now, our front trunk, as they call it, uh, it had the built-in partitions, but you can get it without partitions, so it's maybe a little more versatile for fitting in uh, odd-shaped uh, objects in there. And uh, let's see, I mentioned the panoramic sunroof. It's got a Bang & Olaf system and Bang & Olufsen 10-speaker audio system, which, uh, which is nice. It's got the large screen and... Oh, let's see. Uh, again, why I shut off the engine sound. The car, being electric, it's it's fairly quiet. And what you do notice is uh, how the pavement changes. You you're getting mostly tire noise, mm. and the uh, the tire noise changes depending on uh, what pavement you're driving over. It's it's kind of an interesting effect. And uh, I think the wind noise wasn't all that uh, noticeable, except we, we had a lot of gusty winds from Hurricane Ian the other day, and uh, you can tell when the wind is gusting because it keeps changing. And let's see, uh, noise-wise, actually, I thought the, the side glass might be on the thin side because when vehicles are going by the other way, you hear them go by, like uh, you get that wind noise. But the vehicle itself is basically uh, fairly quiet. And so that's our first experience with the Mustang Mach-E. Oh, right. uh, oh, I forgot the, the, the pricing on this. It, it ranges from, uh, if you get the, the smaller battery with uh, rear-wheel drive, you, you, it starts around $48,000, and the, uh, the mid-range, the one we had, the equivalent, is about $56,000. But you can get the super performance version that's, you know, ten, fifteen thousand, even more than that. So uh, you pay your money and you, you get your choice. All right. Sounds good. Um, anything else uh, automotive today? Oh, we got a couple of things here. Okay. Again, our friends at iccars.com have come up with one of their uh, old surveys and they've come up with the safest and most reliable cars for teenagers used cars and they they combined uh, safety ratings with reliability ratings and they you can go on the iccars.com website and they've ranked these for cars that are used cars that are under $15,000 or for the little more affluent family the cars for teens under $25,000, and the, the the best small car, I'll just go the best small car under 15000 is the 2012 Honda Civic Coupe, which got a 9.6 out of 10 rating, and that the average price of that is 13000 which, uh, you know, reflects the higher cost of used cars, so uh, you've got the uh, Two conflicting uh, things that you got an older car, the, the 2012, and the, the fact that you know it's still going for thirteen thousand dollars. Now, if you want to pay over twenty five thousand dollars, the cars in the range in there are roughly five uh, to seven years old. 
And the top, the best small car for under $25,000 is the 2017 Honda Civic Coupe again, with, again, a 9.6 rating, and that uh, average price is $22,785. So that's our latest from the the folks at iccars.com. They've got a whole list there, so if you you want to go through this, you can uh, go to the website. Like, they, they have the best hybrid car is the Toyota Prius, the 2017 Toyota Prius, which gets an 8.8 out of 10 rating. And uh, that's under 25000 And under 15000 is the 2012 Toyota Prius, which gets a 9.5 rating. So that's the latest from iccars.com. All right. And uh, do you have a Musk minute for us by any chance? Not really, okay. except Tesla has sold a record number of cars uh, in the last quarter, 2,300-and-some-odd uh, uh, vehicles worldwide, which is the most for them, but actually it didn't meet uh, market expectations. So where the market goes with that, who knows? Hmm. And who knows where the market goes these days. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, anything else you have for us uh, today? Well, automotive, this, uh, this item that came uh, from, I guess, the Associated Press, that uh, in New York City, in Manhattan, EV charging stations, there are more EV charging stations than there are gas stations hmm. in Manhattan. Hmm. So you know what uh, the congestion is like there. It has 320 public charging stations, according to Department of Energy statistics, and there are only 29 remaining gas stations, <laughs> according to the New York State uh, Department of Agriculture and Markets. But in the city as a whole, uh, there's still more gas stations. There are 697 in the five boroughs versus 520 charging sites. But you can see that most of the charging stations are in Manhattan. Hmm. Although it costs so much to drive in Manhattan with getting in there that uh, you may not find uh, you can drive right up because there are fewer uh, people going into Manhattan in their cars these days. Yeah, you have to be uh, slightly out of your mind. I was going to drive a car into Manhattan. But, uh, Although yeah. it is fun, if you know how to navigate it there, you know, you mm -hmm. can get on that, uh, what is it, I forget uh, what street it is, I think it's Park Avenue or the other ones, and the lights go in sequence, so you can really roll along once you get going. <laughs> yeah. Provided nobody's blocking the box. <laughs> exactly. Okay, uh, what else do you have for us today? Okay, kind of automotive-related, a Texas company called ChemVita, or ChemVita, don't know, C-E-M-V-I-T-A, has come up with genetically engineered microbes from which they have demonstrated that by throwing these microbes or seeding these microbes in depleted oil wells, the microbes can uh, can grow. It's it's kind of like yeast from the last, uh, you know, the microorganisms serving uh, humanity there, and we've had yeast for various purposes, bread and alcohol, whatever. But you can put these microbes in the well, and when they grow and proliferate, 
they produce hydrogen that can be harvested very cheaply. They also produce carbon dioxide, which has to be uh, uh, separated and sequestered. So it's kind of like a, a uh, you know, there's a plus and a minus here. But they're claiming that eventually they can harvest hydrogen very cheaply for clean power from depleted oil wells. Hmm. So we'll have to see where that goes. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. Okay, do so you have anything else for us today? Yeah, that, uh, remember we talked about the DART mission to the Didymus yes. asteroid system? Yes, yes indeed. And uh, yeah, that uh, the data's coming in and the images from various telescopes, uh, both the Hubble and the Webb telescope and ground-based telescope. And right now they're... The impact was apparently more violent than people uh, were thinking, that it threw off so much debris that there's a tail uh, streaming from the asteroid system that's about 6,000 miles long. Hmm. So you can can see how much uh, material was thrown out. Now, it probably has a, a combination of the composition of the asteroid and the momentum that, and the energy of the impact. So we're starting to get interesting data there from that planetary defense system. All right. Well, it looks like uh, it could work. So that's uh, good news. Okay, uh, do you have anything else for us today? Yeah, let's see. Oh, finally. Well, we talked about New York, and we uh, you're out in California. Well, this is kind of an interesting item that was in the uh, the Boston Globe today that uh, bakers in California have been trying to recreate the New York bagel, <laughs> and they they haven't been able to do it. And so they they uh, they say the New York bagel. This is interesting for you and I, especially that the low calcium Manhattan tap water and the specialized boiling technique produces the New York bagel. Now we all know that the New York City tap water comes from Otis Beckett country up in the Catskills ah. where uh, where my wife comes from and where the uh, we have the summer house it's all that Catskill water which apparently has low calcium to give the bagels that uh, extra quality but uh, California is now claiming the company there called Better Brand says that they've come up with a a bagel that has 90% fewer carbs, which is kind of the deadly aspect of a good New York bagel. <laughs> so uh, we'll see where that goes. Yeah, I'm, I'm dubious myself. <laughs> well, maybe you can pick one up and do a taste test. Yeah, a, a road test. Uh, I could try that. Yeah. Well, I'd like to yeah. see somebody in New York make some sourdough bread. That's what I'd like to see. <laughs> Well, I thought everybody makes sourdough bread. Oh, not like authentic uh, San Francisco sourdough. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Sourdough is good. Yeah. All right. have a sourdough pizza. Hey, there you go. Uh, All right, well, is that a wrap for today? Yeah, that's a wrap for today. I'm going to go uh, Yankees starting a game right at the top of the hour. Yeah, yeah. Get, got a double header today. Yeah, got to get in there for the uh, those Aaron Judge at-bats, you know, so. <laughs> yes. Us Yankee fans are feeling like we're back in 61 when Mantle and Maris, the M&M boys, were uh, going at it. 
Yeah, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. So uh, yep. looking forward to the playoffs. Okay. Glad we could get together. Glad we could get together. Okay, so that was Cousin Rick calling in from Needham, Massachusetts, with Rick's Tech Talk, a regular feature of the Newtopian Dream.